Gathered Catholic Podcast with Father Robert Kroll and me, Jim Fellows. Father Rob, how are you doing today? Hey, Jim. I'm doing better than I deserve, and it's what a what a delight to be able to talk with you for the next 40 minutes oh, or so. How could one not do Stop. Well? That's just... I know. I, I don't understand that at you all. You introduced me as Father Robert. That's, I did. That's, that's, I, only my mother gets away with calling me Robert. Well, you want me to do Robbie? No, no. Father no, Robbie Kroll. I that 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 was over when I was about six. So <laughs> All right. Well that's we won't do that. Is there I, I I don't know if there's any other, you know, like nicknames that you might have that uh yeah, we probably yeah, we shouldn't dive that's into okay. that. We won't right. that could be another podcast, maybe. What are you doing for thing what uh, so here's my burning question. It's because we're we're recording this before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite way to do a turkey? Oh, I, I like when it's uh, dunked into that boiling peanut oil. Because ah. it seals in the juices. I've yes. only had that on two occasions in my life, but um, I really enjoyed it. That's that's really impressive because I, I I've got a friend who is a chef. That's a shock. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Wow, you start out nice and then you go straight for the <laughs> jugular. Um, I, know, I know, but he uh, he is a certified chef, and he has a turkey fryer, and he'll do this garlic hot sauce butter mm. injection thing. Oh my goodness, that is amazing! It sounds like it. And when he moved to he moved to Toronto with his family for a few years, and he gave me a turkey fryer mm-hmm. right before they moved, and said, "Here, you know, mm-hmm. you can do this." And Jen never let me use it. <laughs> no, really? Well, there may have been a fire incident at my father's house that oh. gave her some concern. But no. She gave her pause. Yeah. Yes. Like three years later, he moved back, and I'm like, here, just you can have this back now. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. That's, uh, yeah. I just heard recently about somebody who wrapped an entire turkey in bacon and cooked it that way. I that, do... Uh, that sounds really good. Well, I do pheasant that way. I, I smoke oh. my pheasant mm-hmm. with a pound of bacon. Really? Um, yeah. but the, Anything is better right. with bacon. I, no, I agree. The, the, the other interesting... This, I think this is fascinating. Um, so... Jen is, uh, and, and sometime we'll drag you into town for a turkey meal. Because Jen, sure. or when you're traveling through, maybe we'll, we'll set it up early and we'll do a turkey. Because Jen makes the best turkeys you've ever tasted. She does. Okay. Well, she'll do like the whole Thanksgiving thing like three, four times a year. Because she's so wow. good at it. Awesome. And here's the fascinating thing about it. My mother, not a fan of Jen's turkey. Really? Yes. Yikes. Well, and the reason is Jen's turkey is like moist and delicious. <laughs> and I've grown up with okay. like Jen Dry. was like, why do you love gravy so much? And then she had Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner at my mom's house. And she's, she's like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> it's just you know, bone dry. You know what's popping into my what's popping into my imagination right now is that scene from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, where um, what's what's Chevy Chase's character? He cuts into Clark the turkey. Clark Griswold, Griswold. Yeah, Clark. Right, Clark. He cuts into the turkey, and there's this this like. Psh- I've never seen it. 
Oh my gosh, you have to, it's like a two minute clip on YouTube and all the, um, yes, the steam comes out, like the turkey just kind of yeah. opens up and there's nothing inside. It's all been incinerated. And uh, anyway, it, it's a funny scene. Well, though. we've had, we've had my mother over for Thanksgiving uh, several times, not this year because of this whole uh, pandemic uh-huh. thing, but, um, and she has never, she's never complimented Jen on her turkey, which is a clear <laughs> sign that she doesn't like it. And I'm fairly convinced that she thinks that the turkey might be undercooked because it's that bone dry. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe she does really secretly love it, no. but she's a little jealous nope. and she doesn't want to compliment it. I don't think it. so. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I think she's she's terrified of, you know, whatever diseases you get when you eat red turkey. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I just well, think we've, that's we've, really we've funny. We've successfully talked about turkey for, for five, five minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah, we really yeah, want to keep this podcast still, under. Yeah. So here's it's news. It's not about turkey, though. That's no, really this isn't our podcast. About, but I kind of wanted to cover that. Here's our big news for the week for our podcast listeners. We now have, uh, if you want to get in touch... With uh, Father Rob, and not so much me, you don't need to get in touch with me. Why would you care? Um, but if you have questions, if you have comments, if you want to send us an email, we have an email now at mail, M A I L, at twoargathered.com. It's, it's important that you spell that because it's not M A L E. That would not be the. No, that not be a good, that's, no. no we're not going to have that email address. <laughs> that's just wrong. <laughs> So yeah, so lots of people who like listen to your theological um, acumen. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. I think it's acumen, but that's fine. Um, and they want to no, ask you questions. It can be pronounced either way. Okay. Like um, well, anyway. Syllable. There you go. No, no, Jim, that's wrong. <laughs> well, okay. So M A I L at twoargathered and really, please um, send us an yeah, email. And if Let you, you know, know we always say this at the end, but if you like this podcast, if you're listening to it and you like it, and you want to, you can only rate us on Apple, which is weird. Oh. But um, you know, the more the the more ratings we get, then the more the easier people can find us who are looking for something like this. Anyway. Excellent. That's the pitch. What are we talking about this week, Father? You got something planned for us? Well, you mentioned that we're uh, just a few days away from Thanksgiving, and we're also um, a week away, for those of us who are Catholic, from the beginning of Advent. So we're going to talk today about the meaning of Advent. Well, that brings up a curious question uh, from the onset. Um, And I'd never thought about this before, but uh, other Christians don't, uh, participate in Advent? Well, no, no, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Have you been did. That you exclusive. excluded everyone but Catholics. We as I Catholics think, alone. <laughs> I think all Christians actually do celebrate Advent. I think they do. As far as I know, <laughs> yes, just, at least the major denominations. You gotta stop I, I, excluding I, people, Father. We, I know, we don't have that I many know. listeners. All right, so we're going to talk about Advent, which is great, because I got to tell you, out of all the liturgical seasons, this is the one that I feel like I'm least prepared for. Mm-hmm. Well, you're probably not alone, Jim. Probably not. I think most people, uh, you know, Easter is actually our, our biggest liturgical celebration. It's, it's the biggie. And then Lent is a season, of course, that prepares for Easter, and I think Probably most Christians know more about Lent, partly because you get ashes put on your forehead on Ash Wednesday, right. and you know people usually engage in some form of fasting mm-hmm. or undertake some 
mortifications during Lent, whereas Advent, you know, it's one of these Well, mortifications, they'll, they'll try to give up something. Yeah, I'm trying to give up something, right? Exactly, it's like deserved or mortified. I don't use a lot of. <laughs> I gotta translate for you sometimes. I have to. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it to monosyllable uh, <laughs> words here. Um, although monosyllable itself is not uh, yeah, syllable, okay, but right. yeah, um, yeah. So I think it's good that we're talking about Advent because it's easy to uh, you know kind of miss it. And of course, in our in our culture, uh, we're already what well, we've been hearing already for weeks uh, in, on some stations. Uh, Christmas music. Yep. So, and then of course with December twenty fifth, you know everything just comes to a screeching halt, and then we're back to normal on December twenty sixth. So, I think it's it's good to yeah spend some time reflecting on what are we, what what's the what's this whole season of Advent all about? Right. So what's it all so, about, Father? <laughs> what's it all about? Well, I always like to start with looking at the etymology of a word. So if we look at the meaning, the root meaning of Advent, Adventus, it means to come to. So we're talking about the Lord's coming. And, um, you know, as we, as we talk about that, we can say, well, the Lord has a variety, I think, of ways in which he comes into our life. So uh, maybe at least three distinct Advents that we can kind of highlight today. Uh, one of them is the fact that he did come 2,000 years ago, roughly, into our world in the Incarnation, uh, came as a, a babe and grew into a man and came into a world that was broken and lost and separated from God. So, um, so there's that historical coming uh, in history about 2,000 years ago. There's going to be another coming at the end of the world, at the end of human history, at the end of time. The Lord's going to return and bring all of time and history to its fulfillment and culmination. So we talk about a, a second coming of Jesus or a, a parousia or parousia. See, there's a word that can be pronounced two different ways legitimately. Um, I think you just made up that word. <laughs> not really, but that's okay. <laughs> See, this is where all my theology, all that money that the society spent on me for theology studies, you know, once in a while I can, I can you know, invoke some fancy term like that mm. to uh, wow wow people um but also you know we want to say that uh the lord comes to meet us upon our death uh, that each of us is going to experience a particular judgment we're going to stand before our just and merciful judge at the end of our life and so that may happen before uh the second coming of jesus you know we don't typically think about the fact that jesus could return at any moment uh at the end of history but you know most likely uh, at least the way we live our daily lives, we're probably expecting to die first. But also that the Lord comes to us each and every day. He comes to us in a variety of ways, and that's something you know we want to talk about during our podcast. Um, how does Jesus come into my life, into my heart and mind and soul um, on a regular basis? So, yeah, so it, it's really a season that's meant to highlight these various ways that that Christ Jesus uh comes into our world and into our lives. So we got four weeks. Um, well, roughly, yeah. So from year to year, it, it <laughs> it's varies. four well, no, Sundays. What do you it's mean not roughly? Yeah, but, but not necessarily four entire weeks. <laughs> oh, no, but it's four Sundays that we <laughs> have before, before Christmas yeah. happens. Yeah, that's true. This is true. <laughs> I know that because there's four candles in my advent wreath. <laughs> every, every year yeah. there are four. Hey, Jim, why is one of those candles pink? Why are there three purple and one pink? Uh, What's going on ask me that? Um, so I think it's, uh, is pink representative of hope? 
Is that the Hope Candle? Yeah, you could say that because it Good, I the just third said. Sunday. Yeah. You just did say it, so <laughs> yes, you can. You successfully said it. Um, yeah, it, it's a lighter color. So the purple has kind of still a penitential yep. kind of quality, the way we have purple. Or is pink too. love? Um, well, I, I would say remember. more the hope. Okay. I think it's more yeah. the lightning. It, it, the light, not lightning is. You gotta tell lightning, me when you're gonna. Things me. are getting That's lighter. Like, if there's qu- <laughs> if there's questions and answers, you gotta you gotta give me a heads up. <laughs> I gotta it. give you a heads up. Okay. Sometimes I'm not um, completely up to speed. No, no, but you 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 came up with the right answer. That we're it's the third Sunday of Advent, and so that that pink candle represents the hope because we're now very close to Christmas to the to the coming of Jesus that we celebrate in the incarnation. So yes, that's why. That just you know, it was a little uh, little question that popped into my mind about the pink. Well, and the and interesting purple. thing, the other interesting thing is really boring, but um, that is the only Sunday that you're allowed to wear pink vestments. True. That's absolutely. Do you true. have any? Do you have pink vestments I, for I, that day? I do not. I, we may have the seminary here where I work, but I'm not. I don't remember. I think we do, but I personally do not own any pink vestments. No. I, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of a cool thing. And to match mm-hmm. the candle. Right. I thought, I thought that was very color-coordinated at the church. <laughs> we're, we're into that in the Catholic Church. We love uh, different color, colors. Very fashionable, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, right. all right, so what are we supposed to be doing? Like, what, it's, we, got, we got four weeks to prep and, and for when Santa shows up. No, when Jesus shows up. Um, how do we, but the, the Santa thing kind of overshadows everything. So yeah, unfortunately, right. It's true. So in a perfect uh, world, what's our, what's our goal? I mean, what's, what's our goal for Advent? What should we, what should we be doing? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, uh, I, some of our listeners may have heard of a, a priest named Father Mike Schmitz because he's a popular uh, he's got a podcast of his own, and he puts out a lot of YouTube videos. And he actually suggested that he's better we, looking um, than you are too. Well, yeah, much better looking. <laughs> he's, he's also younger. You know, I mean, I used to be better looking, but well, that's, that's okay. Probably not true. I've seen. But pictures. as I get, <laughs> but see, Jim, this actually feeds right into my point because yeah. what Father Mike says is that we should pretend. Uh, now, maybe that's not the right word. We should prepare for. Uh, Christmas and use Advent as if December 25th was going to be the date of our death. Yep, I remember. And him if saying that's that. the case, and and you say, you know, as I get, I am getting older. I'm I'm 55 years old. I have less hair. I'm I, my body's wearing out. So it's a reminder to me that I'm getting closer to death. What if all of us said, "I'm going to die on December 25th"? What do I need to do between now and then in these next four weeks to get myself? ready for that encounter, that coming of Jesus? And I think it's an excellent question. It maybe sounds a little morbid. It's kind of dark. But what if, yeah, but but if we knew that we were going to meet, and we don't know, we honestly don't know. I mean, every day, this is kind of a fun fact. I just, I had looked this up for a homily that I gave a couple weeks ago. Every day around the world, there are approximately, well, let's see if I got this right. I think it's 150,000 deaths. Like every day, about 150,000 people die. And some of those people die from heart attacks or accidents or things that are sudden and they weren't expecting to die that day. So what if it's possible that we will die on December 25th or even beforehand? If that's the case, 
what do I need to do to get ready? You know, And so that might be a question for our listeners to ponder. Uh, maybe there's some relationship in our life right now that is in need of um, reconciliation. Um, Father Mike tells the story of when, when he said this uh, once, somebody called him up and said, you know, I took to heart your suggestion that I, I act as if 20, December 25th is going to be the date of my death. And I actually called up, this is a woman, she called up uh, another woman who was a high school classmate who she was very, very mean to. And she apologized and she said, I'm really sorry for how he treated you. And this other woman said, yeah, I, I always wondered why you were so mean to me and so nice to everybody else. And so she accepted the apology. She forgave her. And it was a really cool moment of reconciliation. So we might think about, is there something in our life that we need to get in order right now uh, in order to be ready to meet Jesus when he comes upon our death? So that's one thing. And it's, uh, I mean, the, the one scripture passage that pops up in my head is make straight the pathways of the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's like mm-hmm. uh, Psalms, right? Proverbs, Psalms, something? Um, I think that's uh, could be Isaiah. It could be. Isaiah. Oh, it is Isaiah. You're right. Uh, yeah. I think there's mm-hmm. a Psalm reference in there someplace. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we're we're, Catholic, we're Catholics. We don't know the Bible that but well. But we gotta. Yeah, we gotta uh, get our our affairs in order. I, I yeah, like uh, I like the duality that, that Father Schmitz talks. I mean, it's it's a duality that we have. You know, we live with a duality within our own selves. There's, mm-hmm. you know, we we struggle between the the good and the evil, and and mm-hmm. the lazy and the, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. But you know, like, like uh, you you got your you had to study developmental psychology, and and um, a big part of I think Erickson was uh, just talking about the duality of man and uh, mm-hmm. the various uh, things that we got to go through. You know, even introvert and extrovert and the whole Myers-Briggs scale. Light meat, dark meat. You know, we got light and dark (laughs) within us, right? So, um, yeah, no, there is this kind of like battle or this warfare going on. And we, uh, you know, we we have to live live in a situation both in the world and within ourselves that's often kind of divided. Um, You know, another thing maybe that... Uh, comes to mind when we're talking about Advent is we talk about Advent as kind of a season of, of waiting or preparation. And so we're kind of looking ahead to December 25th and to Christmas, which itself is a season, right? right. It's, it, it isn't just December 25th. We, we go all the way up to Epiphany. Uh, but my point is that um, it's a time of kind of waiting. And, and, and we might invite our listeners to think about their own experience of how they wait in different situations and for different things, you know. So sometimes we wait for um, things with a lot of impatience, like maybe we're stuck uh, in, a, in a traffic jam or maybe, you know, I want to get out of this restaurant and I'm, I'm waiting for the server to bring uh, the bill, you know. Or I'm waiting, I, I've got, you know, there's, I don't have much broad, uh, broadband as I need and, and so I'm waiting, it seems like an eternity for something to download on my computer. So that's one kind of experience of waiting. Sometimes well, we wait. Three. <laughs> well, no, no, they're all illustrations right, of the one three. form of waiting. It wasn't one. Which is I'm just clarifying that you gave us okay. three excellent examples. Of, of uh, one form of waiting, waiting. which is impatiently. Yeah. Right, right. But we can also wait like with nervousness, right? Like we're waiting for lab results from some uh, physical exam or 
you know, imagine, I'm sure, Jim, when you were a little to toddler and, and your mom said, just wait until your dad comes home, and then you get all nervous about that. So we can be nervous. What, you assuming waiting. I was in trouble? Well, not a lot, but <laughs> occasionally, yes, I could see you being a little bit of a troublemaker. Um, we Sometimes we wait with a lot of boredom and tediousness, like when we're sitting, you know, our plane is delayed, we're sitting in an airport, and or maybe, God forbid, an, uh, a boring homily, maybe a boring podcast or an interesting class, you know, college class. My point being that we can wait with different attitudes, and, and we know, too, that sometimes we wait with a lot of, like, excitement and expectation. That's like, what I'm um, waiting with right now. <laughs> yeah, waiting, I know. Just waiting for sure. you to Don't finish forget your to point. Don't I'm forget so to breathe. I'm so excited. Father Rob's going to finish done with his my point, point in like 10 minutes. <laughs> well, All right. I, it's almost done. If you stopped and interrupted me, I'd be so done already. Exciting. So think about how parents wait for their first child, like the anticipation. Oh, anticipation. Remember the Heinz? Is it the Heinz ketchup commercial? Anticipation. That's and what I was the, waiting for. The, was the, you the, to start the, saying the bottle of ketchup and this drop oh of Lord. ketchup is about to come out. So we can wait. That's really what I think this season is meant to be. It's meant to be a, a time when we're kind of eagerly, uh, excitedly waiting. So we're for waiting. God's coming. So we are. You, see, that's the paradox. Christ has already come, but we're recently, waiting, and yet we're, and yet we're still waiting okay. for Him. We're waiting for Him to come again at the end of time. We're waiting for Him to come, even right now, right now in this present moment. He comes, and we want to be ready. Yeah, we want to be excited about that. Well, okay. <laughs> so I kind of yeah, um, I kind of want to draw this into a particular light though, because um, well, there's two things about that that I think that we're we're kind of missing on, and one is. Um, you know, with this whole pandemic thing, mm -hmm. um, the preparation, like the pandemic th throws a whole new light on all this. I mean, we just got news in Minnesota and I think probably most of the country um, that like if you're going to have Thanksgiving, you can't have it with your relatives because you're going to kill them. And sure. I mean, that's that's a frustrating thing, but it's isolating. It and we're entering into Advent in, in, with one of the most isolating times in our lives, if not the most isolating time in our life. Right. And that's, that's uh, going to make things so much harder for other it people. Is. And, you know, I gotta, I'll tell you, I don't know. I don't, you may be able to, to resonate with this, Father, because you're, you know, a priest and you're single. Um, but... The holidays, I was single up until just, you know, eight, I've been married for almost eight years. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of people thought, well, there's, he's, that, he's not going to get married. <laughs> um, you, you were probably one of them because you knew me in my single days. But, uh, <laughs> but the holidays um, are a word that you told me I can't use in our podcast um, when you're single. I mean, it's just, a, mm -hmm. it's a terrible time. It's, yeah, it, it really it exacerbates the loneliness. And I right. would, t like around Thanksgiving for years, I would start turning into more of a jerk than I normally mm -hmm. am. And then by Christmas, <laughs> I could make people cry at the drop of a hat. I could just like, 
It was, it was, I was so cruel to people. Yeah. So I would just avoid people altogether because this was like, a, and you're also, at the it's like, oh, what a wonderful time and family and blah, 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 blah. And you just, all this love and all this. And there's a lot of people that don't feel that way. No, there's a, a depression. Yeah. Levels go way up, you know, at this time of year. And, and with the pandemic um, and people being isolated, we're, I, right. we're going to have a lot more people feeling that way than they normally would. Yeah, yeah, totally. My mom is 91, and the poor thing, she uh, they just learned that where she lives, um, she's in, a, a, well, it's one of these you know multi-level nursing home type places, so they have independent living where she is, but also assisted living, and et cetera. But now the independent living even, she can't leave. She can't leave the building. I can't go into the building. Right. She won't be able to be with my sister and her kids on Thanksgiving. And, you know, that's a great suffering. So, yeah, you know, and I think in my mind, you know, I think what the pandemic is highlighting too, Jim, is that, um, you know, ultimately we can't, we're not our own savior, right? right. I mean, we, we're, we're, we all feel pretty powerless and uh, helpless in this situation. And, and, and so, it, I mean, it's spiritually, actually, there's an invitation there, I think, for us to realize that, uh, you know, yes, we're coming up with a vaccine and we have great human ingenuity and creativity and science. But, you know, nonetheless, lots of people have died from this pandemic, from this COVID virus. And, uh, and so we're all kind of in need of God. We're in need of being rescued or being saved from our situation. So while it's very difficult, it's also kind of a good reminder to us that ultimately um, God has to come in and do something because we're, we're not very capable of saving ourselves, you know? Well, I think what's even more to the point, and, and it, it makes me think that Advent, that the preparation in Advent um, can include, and, and maybe it should include, um, t- you know, how do we take care of other people in a mm-hmm. time that they're, where everybody's isolated? And, and, and how do we, instead of just, the, the natural inclination of people um, when they're scared and and uh, when they, they well when they don't feel safe, is to kind of uh, retreat within themselves. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I th- you know I think that I I don't I, I don't know if I shared the story with you on, uh, on the podcast or outside of the podcast, but um, I was having a, a long conversation with uh, the priest of my last parish, and and he had had me read this book about how we were going to uh, restructure the parish. And, and the, 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 the essential thing of the book was that Christ calls everyone to be an apostle and, mm-hmm. and, and an apostle of Christ. And I'm not against that thought, but I'm also understanding of the fact that, um, you know, it's, it's what's the uh, many are called, but few are chosen. Mm-hmm. But but the more the, the 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 bigger point to the whole thing is is like Christ chose um, eleven apostles and then and then twelve when Paul showed up. Um, so we had twelve apostles. But how many people did he heal that that we know of? And that's you know I think I counted like thirty or forty that we knew of that were healed. Mm-hmm. And then how many people did he feed? Which was thousands. And, and mm-hmm. that model in my head, and I, I don't think you agree with me on this. I think we've had this conversation before. But um, that there's a lot more people that need to be fed and a lot more mm-hmm. people that need to be healed. And that has to be part of our focus. 
And I, I, yeah. I think that in Advent, like, and, and, and it's such a more difficult time to do this in, um, how do we go about trying to help others to heal or help mm-hmm. others to be fed, either right. spiritually or literally? Yeah. No, I, I, I do. I very much agree with that. And um, I think that, you know, Jesus. we talk about ways in which Jesus comes into our life. You know, one of the ways he comes, kind of in disguise, as it were, is in our brother and sister that is in need. You know, and that could be in a, in a variety of ways. It could be somebody who literally is homeless or hungry and needs shelter and food. It could be in a a friend or a relative who has COVID and is isolated. Um, so I think uh, one of the ways that Jesus does come into our lives is, is in, as Mother Teresa called it, the distressing disguise of the poor. And are we ready for that? Are we, are we on the lookout for Jesus, you know, in people that may seem to be, you know, not very attractive to us or kind of an inconvenience to us. Well, and even putting a finer point on it, the, I mean, yes, the, the homeless is something that we always overlook. And, um, you know, there the, are people who um, do wonderful things to, to help the homeless this time of year. And, and the mm-hmm. churches go out and do outreaches to families that are poor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, but, but the people who are being, I mean, these, these restrictions that are being put on everybody in society, um, not just people who have COVID, but preventing people from getting COVID, mm-hmm. um, is, is, is also like, I mean, it's the isolation of that that I'm thinking of that's going to be far more exacerbated, exacerbated this Christmas season or this mm-hmm. Advent season. Yeah, no. So sure. how do we reach out to those folks? What do we do to get to people that, you know, we, and we can't reach out uh, and personally and interact with them? What are the things that we can do to help yeah. them out? And, and how do we keep them in our mind to do that? Because it's very easy with uh, COVID, and I'm probably just, you know, preaching to myself right now. But it's like, I can't go to the gym. How do I work out? Or do I just blow mm-hmm. it off? Right. Mm-hmm. And my natural inclination is to sit on the couch. But mm-hmm. that's the bad inclination. If I can't hang out with my friends and check in with them and make sure they're OK, do I just blow that off or do I figure out right. some way to actually be able to check in with them and make sure that they're not, you know, having right. some stress? Well, and that's one of the advantages that we have living today as opposed to during some plague in the Middle Ages is we can actually pick up the phone and call or we can uh, virtually, you know, we can Skype with somebody. I mean, my mom, I was actually at my sister's house yesterday and my niece, Katie, uh, was there. She's, she's just come back into town for a brief time before going out to Los Angeles, but my mom was able to talk to her. So grandma and granddaughter uh, got to speak to one another and, um, you know, that brought some real comfort to my mom. Right. So yeah, while she's stuck in this uh, nursing facility, uh, we can certainly still reach out to her and try to comfort her. But um, yeah, but that takes some effort. It takes a decision uh, to actually reach out to somebody that we know that might be isolated at this time. Um, you know, and as, as long as we're talking about this whole reality of like, how do we meet Jesus or how does Jesus come to us, you know, right now? Like, we know he came 2,000 years ago. We trust in faith that he's coming back right. at the end of time. What about right now? And I think in addition to what we're talking about, like like in the poor and people that are suffering, 
You know, I think about the fact that every time we open up our Bibles and, and whether we hear the word proclaimed at Mass or whether we're just sitting in our, you know, in our recliner uh, praying with the Bible, um, you know, the scriptures are the very word of God. And so that's one way that we can, like maybe during this Advent, we take out the prophet Isaiah and we actually read through that because we're going to hear it a lot proclaimed uh, at the uh, Advent liturgies. You know, so maybe we just spend a little extra time every day chewing on some scripture um, maybe I try to, you know, we talked about what if December 25th were the date of my death? How am I going to get ready? Sure. Well, one of the ways we want to get ready is by getting our soul cleaned up. And we do that in the sacrament of reconciliation or confession. So maybe I, if I haven't gone to confession, you know, in some time, I, I, uh, make a trip to the local parish and I, I just go to confession during Advent. Um, um. You know, I think another way for me personally, a big way that Jesus comes into my life is through relationships. And so, you know, whether it's trying to reach out to friends of mine that I haven't talked to in a while um, or family members, you know, just trying to, you know, maybe we use Advent as a time to um, connect. Uh, and like, like we were saying, especially at a time when we're more tempted to isolate and retreat, maybe we actually make more of an effort than before to uh, connect with people that we love. Um, you know, beauty, I, I find myself, I, I think I think most of us would say that we, when we see a beautiful, you know, sunset or sunrise or when we uh, see something beautiful, maybe we hear a beautiful piece of music, like we can sense that God is somehow part of that experience. So maybe during a time right now when, at least in our part of the world, uh, the days are getting shorter, uh, pretty soon it's gonna be cold and it feels kind of like death during winter. Maybe we purposely reach out during a time when a lot of people get more depressed and feel more down. Maybe we got to reach out and actually like expose ourselves to beauty more. That might be intentionally listening to some beautiful sacred music, or it might be going to. Well, I was gonna say go to an art museum. I just heard in the news that the uh, art museum in Milwaukee is is closing yeah, down. Right? Like, so, but but, see but it maybe online. We go online. Maybe yeah, pull up some images of beautiful art online and just you know, spend some time with that. So, you know, trying to bring it, like, be very intentional about bringing beauty into a time right now when things are often seem pretty ugly in our politics, ugly in the pandemic. Um, so there's a lot of things I think we can do to kind of try to connect ourselves more uh, explicitly with, with Jesus and let him come into my life more fully. So I, I th the, yeah. the imagery that comes across throughout the Advent season, throughout the, the Bible readings that are chosen and the scripture that we hear, if we went to church, if we had the ability to go to church, with a lot of people are, who maybe just started are probably not going to do again. But the imagery is a, a, a lot of um, silence and being alone. And mm. um, I think that to really... The, the, the trap that we have during this time is that we're isolated and so we want to fill the silence up and we want to we, we want to listen to our music we want to listen to podcasts we should still listen to podcasts but um, but but having the TV on all these things and um, if 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 we're really gonna connect more strongly with God we have to have that silence I mean, Henry Nouwen does a brilliant job of talking about how even Christ would get up early in the morning and get away from everybody and just be mm -hmm. alone in prayer. And, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm a firm believer that 
um, that God is all powerful and really doesn't want to compete with anybody. So if you'd prefer to listen to music than talk with God, you'd be like, all right, go ahead. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bug you. <laughs> if you'd if you'd rather watch the football game than talk to God, He's not gonna interfere with that. But once you're silent and alone and allow yourself to decompress, right? Um, then that's when the real communication between um, mm-hmm. ourselves and Christ really happens. I, th- I think it needs to be. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and she was, every year I, I try to make um, coffee cakes for um, mm. friends or people at church mm-hmm. or whatever. I have a really good coffee cake recipe. It's super easy, mm. and it's a really nice, you know, I think it's a nice thing to do. And people, people really enjoy the coffee cake. So like every holiday season, I try to make some coffee cakes for friends and family. And a friend of mine called me up, and she's like, you, you still doing the coffee cake thing? I'm like, yeah, you're going to get yours. She's like, no, 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 I get that. But I, I'm thinking about doing the same thing because this whole pandemic is going on. And I think that I'm going to, the only way that I can reach out to people is just um, baking something and then doing it on a larger scale and getting it out to people just to let them know that I care and that I'm trying to connect with them. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of different ideas like that, mm-hmm. um, that that we should really be proactive and and not just get stuck within ourselves um, right. to to make this. You know, it it, it 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 Christ can bring joy out of suffering. That's that that is all throughout Scripture, and and mm-hmm. um, there's going to be a lot more people suffering during this advent than we're, we're used to. And, sure. and, and we, can, we can use it um, to, to aid other people or, 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 or not. That's our choice. No, I agree. And I, and I think I want to go back to your first point about the silence. You know, it, it makes me think that, in a sense, the pandemic is maybe inviting the world this time into kind of a more, almost like a mini retreat. And by that, I don't, I don't mean retreat in the bad sense of isolating and withdrawing into our own little shell. But I mean the fact that we are maybe limited now more than before in terms of what, you know, what we can do, where we can go. It might be invitation, like you were saying, to turn off the TV, to turn off the music. I mean, just think about our devices, you know. I mean, think about how um, addicted we can be to our phones and to, uh, you know, Netflix and all this stuff. And and so we might be more tempted during this COVID period to turn to those things to distract us and fill up the emptiness and the silence when actually maybe there's invitation there to, um, you know, go into the silence in a good way with God. But then out of that, like you said, to to not, um, well, then to go and and reach out to people. I really like that idea of the coffee cake uh, thing. You know, it's something very concrete. It's very tangible. Uh, It's It's not concrete. It's very fluffy. It's 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 mouthwatering. It's, uh, it's not a well, fruit. Not, it's not a. You've never given me one. I wouldn't know. You've never. I guess I'm not one of your friends. But um, come no, by, like you get a coffee cake. You. No, you'll you can have a coffee cake. You just say. Uh-huh. The recipe okay. is uh, my my grandmother's recipe. I got a recipe book from her. This is really quick. Um, but every recipe, like one out of three recipes in her book, um, called uh-huh. for fluffo, or I mean, it was. <laughs> What is that? It's, it's fluffo is some type of lard that it oh. doesn't. I mean, it's it's people used it instead of butter. 
And it was it was it was Fluffo or some other like really oh. horrible cancer causing agent that was in all of her mm-hmm. recipes. It's good. But it was delicious. Like um, but I've replaced like the Fluffo with uh, massive amounts of butter. Anyway, you were saying oh. you were making it. You were probably saying something nice about me. Uh, no, that that That's that over. would be miraculous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, hey, we're hitting the forty minute yeah, mark, no, so really, I'm I'm up. happy to uh, to yeah. But and you know we didn't. Well, do you? I, I didn't come up with a product to to pedal. Yeah, I know. This time, I know you didn't. I, I, I was prepared. But, you, but you're always ready. I, I am like the Boy Scout of this podcast. I know you can put you can put your um you put your recipe up on the. Uh, on our webs- no, on our that's website. my family recipe. I'm not handing that out to people. Oh, that's ridiculous. Your grandmother would no, want it she to wouldn't. She's she, so proud. No, we can have a longer conversation about that. Okay. She absolutely All would right. not. Um, so yes, I will offer this um, for things that we think are cool. We still need somebody send us an email saying what we should call this particular part of the po- part of the podcast. That would be great. Or yeah. I'm just guessing your mom's going to use the Since email. So a friend of mine uh, named Stephanie Lansom is uh, an author, a wonderful author. She's written several books um, that are considered uh, Christian scriptural fiction, where she takes a person that Jesus met um, briefly in scripture, and then through exhaustive research, she develops a, a backstory for this person and creates a whole story um, that fills in the gaps of some of the stuff that we miss um, in, in the actual scriptural passage. And it's, it's wonderful writing. She does a phenomenal job. She has a series of three books. Um, it's uh, The Thief, The Well, and The Tomb. And it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful reading, and I would suggest this to anybody who's looking for uh, a gift um, one or all three to somebody this Christmas season. You can find these books at Amazon. Um, you can find them at stephanielansom.com, uh, stephanie, L-A-N-D-S-E-M.com. Um, these, are, these are phenomenal books and really wonderful Christmas gifts. I've, I've given uh, the trilogy to uh, several friends. That it's It's more... There's more of a connection with... She has a lot more female fans than she does male fans because there's not like Ooh. knife fights and um, yeah. dragons or anything like that in her books. Right. Um, but it's amazing. It just... They, they throw you into um, what that time period was like. And uh, uh, I'm a big fan. She's a good person. Excellent. And she's, you know, she's the one who's going to be um, doing the cooking thing. She was the one who came who oh, talked yeah. to me about that. Mm-hmm. All right. Great. So you want to, you want to, uh, should we pray and get out of here? Sure. Let's do that. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So Heavenly Father, we ask that during this Advent season, you might make more room in the inn of our own heart and mind. We ask you, Jesus, to come into our lives in a fuller way to guide us at this time when our world and our country seems so dark and so lost. We ask that we might be ready for your coming upon the moment of our death, whenever that is. May we approach that moment not with fear and anxiety, but with great trust and confidence. 
And Blessed Mother Mary, we ask you to wrap your mantle around our world at this time and to protect us from the evil darkness that the enemy wishes us to experience. Uh, help us to be open to the light of your Son, Jesus. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. We kept it under three hours. That's phenomenal. <laughs> oh, we're getting better. Yeah, we are. We're getting, well, hopefully we're getting shorter. I don't know about better. We're getting better. shorter. Okay, briefer, right. Briefer, <laughs> maybe not better. Okay. Father, you have a great Thanksgiving. Folks, thanks Thank you, for Jim. listening. Uh, um, we will uh, talk to you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. God bless everybody. Mm-hmm.